Welcome to Brain Friends, where two newer nerds talk all things aphasia, language recovery, culture, and community. I am Dr. Detrina Celeste Gatson, a clinical speech language pathologist and neuroscientist. And I am Angie Cawthorn, stroke survivor and aphasia advocate. Welcome to our show. Welcome to Brain Friends. We want to thank all of our listeners for downloading the podcast. We appreciate everyone listening. So please tell a friend to tell a friend that we are here. And we are. All right. This is episode two. Angie, how you feeling? I am feeling fantastic. And how are you, Dr. Celeste? I am feeling fantastic. We both just came from vacation. Yes, and you are looking quite tanned. You are looking so happy. Your nails, your hair, you're just giving it all, all of it. Two snaps, all the snaps for you. (laughs) Ditto, sis, ditto. Thank you. I needed it, though. It was so good. Yeah, so um, I know this episode we're going to talk about aphasia, but talk to me a little bit about you know, your vacation and um, does aphasia even play a role for you when you go on vacation? And then we can get to some icebreakers. That is such a good question. And yeah, it actually does. Um, Because what happens is um, my language, I lose it when I'm nervous or generally speaking to new people. So I and I always have the what I want to say in my head, but when I'm on vacation, I actually just preface it with um I've had two strokes and I have aphasia, which means I can't talk good. That's and most people say, Oh, but you sound great, and then they go on with the conversation. But I give them that as a disclaimer because yeah. what's gonna happen is while I'm talking I'll start strong and then Mm -hmm. I get weaker. Mm -hmm. And then by the time they ask me a question, I'm stuttering and they're giving me the side eye like, "Mm, you could talk five minutes ago. (laughs) So I try to, (laughs) yeah. So I try to get in front of it beforehand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just try to get ahead of it. So that's how it affects me on vacation. But other than that, it's pretty good. It's pretty good, you know, but I try to just get it out. Wow. So do you find, though, that it makes your speech more fluent by kind of giving that disclaimer? It does. It okay. it helps me. It relaxes me. Um, so I'm not so focused on trying to get the words out. Mm-hmm. The fact that I can't get the words out um, is not that big of a deal once I've told them, I've, you know, kind of set the stage for this ain't going to be a whole lot of banter. Right. Right. <laughs> or consistent uh, banter. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, because like I said, I do start very strong. Um, and, you know, people don't know. You know, right. look, you know we look like we're going to be able to have a full conversation. And in our mind, quite frankly, we really think we can. Mm-hmm. I don't know until I can't that I can't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah. So, you know, when you, well, okay. So I want to get back to that, but I want to do an icebreaker really quick. Yes, let's do that. So have you heard of, this is one of my favorite games, Two Truths and a Lie? I have, but tell me about it. So I want you to give me two truths 
and one lie about yourself. Okay. And then I'm going to choose which one is the lie. And yeah, I'll choose which one is the lie. That is good. And okay. And let's, let's again, we, you just met me basically recently, like in the last month or so. So that's what's up. So I'm going to give you two lies and one truth. Oh, okay. You're going to switch it around. No, no. Oh, no. That's me having a facial baby. I'm sorry. I'm trying to repeat repeat what you said. I'm doing my level best oh to repeat my goodness. what you said. I love it. I love it. And you let me know if you want to, You want me to go first. Um, but it's two truths and one lie. So you'll tell me two things that are true about yourself and then one thing that is not true about yourself. And then I'm going to guess which one is the lie. You go first. Okay, I'll go first. Um, I, I was a cheerleader in college. I was Miss Teen Georgia. I just came from Turks and Caicos. Okay, well, that tan is screaming Turks and Caicos. So let's just Let's just let's just talk about that. So that's one. (laughs) So I'm going to go ahead and I'll say the you are giving me Miss Teen Georgia. You are giving me Miss Teen Georgia. And in college, you may not have time to be a cheerleader because you was in them books. (laughs) So So the truth is the where you came from. Yes. And that you were Teen Georgia and not a cheerleader. Okay, so actually, you see how exciting this makes me, right? I'm so, <laughs> the I'm smile so is everything. <laughs> so actually, the lie is I wasn't Miss Teen Georgia, but I did what? cheer all four years in college. I was actually on a cheerleading scholarship. What? I did oh, just they have scholarships for that? <laughs> yes, I cheered all four years. That's that's how I, I funded my Bachelor of Arts degree in speech pathology. You better work. Yes. Mm-hmm. I still have some moves. Yeah, I see. Uh, 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 uh. Five, six, seven, eight. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Okay, your turn. Isn't that cool? That is very cool. All right. I always I'm get people with, with that Miss Teen Georgia. Well, maybe not anymore now that I'm we're broadcasting it live, but Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, right now that you've just told the world, now you got to come up with a whole new thing. But that is cool. But you know, we got to, first of all, when did you, how old were you when you won that? I want to know about that real quick. Well, I wasn't Miss Teen Georgia. That was the lie. That was the lie. Damn it. See, aphasia. See, mm-hmm. I act like mm-hmm. I'm, I know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. So I'll go. Okay. Um. Oh, my goodness. I have, oh my goodness, I am a a photographer, I worked at a steel mill, and um, I have lived in six states. You are a photographer, you worked at a steel mill, and you've lived in six states. I'm going to say you are way too cute and too fly 
to work at a steel mill. <laughs> so I'm going to say the steel mill is the lie. You are incorrect. <gasps> the steel mill is the absolute truth. What? I was walking around at 20-something years old in Seattle, Washington, in my little flame retardant suit and my steel toe boots, making more money than I could shake a stick at. Wow. <laughs> Come on, black woman. <laughs> yes. Yes. And yes. And listen, it was a... Uh, it was a good time. I'm just going to yeah, it was. I learned so much about steel, magnesium, iron. But I started out, um, I moved to Seattle when I was uh, in my 20s with, uh, I call him my frat brother, but it wasn't a real fraternity or sorority. It was just, we called each other frat. <laughs> but Because we were all in band in college. And I moved up there with him. For a while, just to, you know, get away from my folks. And he was like a big brother. And uh, But anyway, I moved to Seattle, and I wound up uh, working at a steel mill because um, they said they would hire me. So I worked there. <laughs> <laughs> and I was what they call a heat chaser, which means I went out to the yard, and I they taught me how to make steel. So I made – I was uh, the tester before the rebar went out to the street. I tested it to make sure it was okay from the lab. Wow, that's pretty amazing. It was a great job. It's so no, I am not a photographer. What? You would I, know, I would right? think that you were a photographer. You're so like artsy and it seems like you just do all things well. Oh, stop. Stop. Oh, claps and snaps for me. <laughs> snaps and claps for me. I will take that. Thank you very much. Yes. Yeah, that is a good game. That's a good little icebreaker. Okay. All right. So you'll have to, we'll have to keep that one in the pocket. Yeah, that's good. So Angie, is your mm-hmm. aphasia better or worse in the morning or afternoon? I think it's, um, it's pretty strong actually in the afternoon. In the morning, I'm almost still a little groggy, mm-hmm. I would say, mm-hmm. um, like saying good morning. Or is as the same way as saying good night to my husband is um I may not say good morning, I might say <clears throat> hi, hi, I love you, hi. It might and it might come out just that broken and you know, separated, or I might say, uh, sunshine is you today. Like Something like that, but I really just want to say good morning, honey. <clears throat> oh, I love that sunshine is you today. <laughs> that's amazing. But that's where I can, I've learned to say what I can say. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> kind of deviate from what I'm actually like I've said multiple occasions, I haven't said what I want to say in years. My, the the phrase that's in my head, but I do have enough words in my to my at my disposal to say something else that means the same thing. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I believe they call it paraphrasing. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, naturally, when we think about paraphrasing, phrasing it's you know you've heard something that someone says and you're putting it in your own words and so Mm -hmm. 
Um, I actually like that, that description of what you're doing as paraphrasing. Right. I don't think I've heard that before in that way. Oh, cool. Yeah. I thought that's what it was called, but we can call it that. I was actually asking, but now I'm saying it's paraphrasing because I just said it was paraphrasing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I think that that's one of the things that we want is for you to be able to say things the way they come out. Okay, so this is a good question. Um so I know with speech language pathologists, often the goal, and I won't get too much into the SLP thing because I know that's our next episode, but I know the goal is often to get you to communicate your thoughts, however mm-hmm. you're able to communicate them so your listener can follow along. Right. <clears throat> so when you are saying things that may not come out the way you're intending them too. And so you're paraphrasing them like, um, good morning, sunshine or honey, or what you said, how you say it. Does that bother you? Or do you consider that a successful communication attempt? That's a win. Okay. I like it. It's a complete and utter win, complete and utter win. Um, and I don't worry about the fact that I can't say what I would have said had I had everything okay. Mm-hmm. So um, my <clears throat> blockages are not as profound as they used to be. Um, and I began to um, just kind of be better at canned phrases and repeat phrases and uh, your your catchphrases. Those type of things. Um have saved me in many a a restaurant, <laughs> many a restaurant, many a airport. So uh, because you don't want to start stuttering at TSA when they ask mm. you, did you pack your bags or not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ain't nobody checking for you or your mm-hmm. aphasia. Mm-hmm. Did you pack? Did you um, pack these bags? Uh, well, the bag was in the bag. No, yes or no, Mrs. Cawthorn. <laughs> And if I don't have a ready yes, I'm being held up. It happened. So that's, um, but to answer your question, yes, um, it is a win. Awesome. <laughs> so moving on to, you know, I have, I have the topics lined up. Yes, so you, let's you go. Jump, you jump in, <clears throat> jump in if, if, if there's a question you have. For me, I don't have any questions right now. I should. Okay. That's okay. So while we were away or while I was away, um, Bruce Willis came. It was shared that he uh, is experiencing aphasia. And so, you know, as someone who has aphasia and, you know, we are aware that oftentimes a lot of people don't know that aphasia is more common than Parkinson's disease. Uh, But because of Michael J. Fox and his amazing ability to bring awareness to Parkinson's disease, uh, a lot of people know of that a little bit more. And so now I know some people in the aphasia community 
are somewhat excited that it has been shared and people are starting to know more about aphasia because of Bruce Willis. What what are your thoughts about that? Aphasia was trending for like three days. Yeah. And that's a blessing. Um, And when you have um, uh, a disability that not less than 9% of the population has heard of, you know, um, So when you say you have aphasia, it's easier just to say, I had a stroke and I can't talk good. But that within itself is part of the problem because obviously that's how it's been uh, described previously, which is why nobody knows the name. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a double-edged sword. But now I can say, I have aphasia, the same thing that Bruce Willis has. Mm -hmm. And what you're really looking for is just a moment of recognition where you can, they can attach it to. Um, now, I don't know if he's had a stroke, if it's dementia or TBI, <clears throat> but it's something that had to go, there had to be some type of uh, brain attack. Is that correct? Something, and I'm asking. Um, it had to be um, like a sh- um, some type of, what has to happen for a person to have a face? You have to have a stroke or TBI or what? Yeah. So aphasia simply um, uh, occurs when you have uh, that damage to parts of the language center of the brain. And so although stroke and traumatic brain injury are the most common causes of it, aphasia can also be, um, attributed to shrinkage um, or atrophy in the frontal, temporal, or parietal lobes of the brain. And so in Bruce Willis's case, and again, I am not a consult on his case. I've not spoken with any family members. <laughs> right, um, right. I have not... <laughs> Right. All I heard things. it on Twitter that he exactly. even has it. Right, right, I right. I haven't even spoken to him to confirm right. that this is his story. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so just going off of the information that I read on social media as well, um, I am, I am uh, quick to use the differential diagnosis of primary progressive aphasia. And so with primary progressive aphasia, it can be caused by um, the the atrophy to the frontal, temporal, or parietal lobes of the brain. Um, The symptoms will begin gradually and progressively worsen over time, uh, which is different from some of the types of aphasia that occur through stroke and traumatic brain injury that has that acute onset of the injury. And then the other thing with primary progressive aphasia is that you'll see a lot of the mental skills related to memory, cognition, sequencing, organization, planning become impaired. And then you'll start to see some of that difficulty with verbal expression, auditory comprehension, reading or writing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can't call a cup a cup on demand. 
<laughs> well, I mean, it's a type, but there's so many different types of aphasia. You, you know, you have expressive aphasia, uh, or, or, uh, more so types of aphasia to where people, uh, have difficulty with word finding, which, um, I don't mm-hmm. know. Have you, if, if anyone's ever classified your type of aphasia for you, have you, have you heard of the, um, anomia aphasia? Anomia is what I have kind yes. of figured out on my own. Mm-hmm. Is what it is. But mm-hmm. I read, I believe it was five types. Is that correct? Ooh, I think it's more. I think it's at least eight types. Um, so we have anomia, brocas, transcortical motor, transcortical sensory, Wernicke's, conduction aphasia. Um, and then you get into your primary progressives, mixed aphasia. So that's seven. Oh, and then there's one more that you don't see a lot, um, but it's when there's damage to the thalamus. And I think they might call hmm. it, um, um, don't get me to mispronounce it. <laughs> <for the people. laughs> what we're not going to do. So, yeah, so there are a couple of different types. And again, they're all classified depending on your areas of strength and your areas of weakness. And and the other thing that often happens is people can move through the aphasia cycles. And so they might go from a real severe aphasia, maybe like Broca's, to where they're not really able to produce any language or understand, but with therapy start to get better. And then now they might be able to understand language better, which would then Mm -hmm. move them to a different level of aphasia. Right. I think um, they when I asked um, about the different <clears throat> types of aphasia that I would fall into, um, anomia, and I did. I realized I wasn't. I didn't fully fit into Broca's or Warnicke's. But one thing I did find when I went to uh, a support group at McGee Hospital in Philadelphia. And we were playing, it was like game day, and we were playing Jeopardy. We had two teams, and they couldn't figure out what to name the team. So I suggested name one team Warnickeys and one team Brokers. I love it. (laughs) Thank you. But I was shocked at how many of my uh, co-aphasians did not know the difference. And Mm. even the nurse, not the nurses, the speech pathologists that were running it, were looking at me like, oh, look at you. You know the two. And I'm like, and, and that, and the reason she gave me was they don't really classify anymore. It's just aphasia. And that, that's been the norm to just do aphasia. You don't have a certain type anymore. Either you have aphasia or you don't. And I'm like, all right. I mean, it's not my call. So I was like, okay, that, if that's what you guys decided to do, but I did find it, um, you know, it's always less or more because it doesn't matter what kind you have. Aphasia is aphasia. Yeah. Um, and we're all at different um, points on the scale day to day and hour to hour. It's not even something, which is why you don't use the classifications. Because mm-hmm. one minute I can be, what do you say, anomic? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the next one. I'm I'm giving you uh, Warner Geese energy. <laughs> I'm giving you way Warner Geese. I'm giving you oh, I'm giving Broca's energy right now. I'm giving Warnicky vibes. I don't know. So it's this is why the classification maybe wasn't the best because you do move through 
and different people move through at different levels. So it kind of made sense to me. But right. yeah. Right. Well, we're almost at time. And so I wanted to ask one more question before we wrap up um, this episode on aphasia. Yes. What do you what do you wish more people knew about aphasia? That it existed. Yeah. That it existed and that um, your uh, coast of your um, the person with aphasia is literally still in there uh but they're trapped behind a brick wall that they can't get to you verbally um they're still in there their sense of humor is still there their quick remarks are still in there uh they just can't get it out um that's what i would want people to know is to still include your friends and stuff still call your friends and you know um even though they can't uh respond like they used to um it's uh they're still there the heart of the person is a hundred percent intact that's what i would want people to know i think that's fantastic well it looks like we're to the end of our show today and well amazing Oh, no, stop it. Stop it. Listen, thank you guys for uh, listening, downloading, checking us out, and uh, stick around. It's going to be great. We are the Brain Friends. Brain Friends. Brain Friends. We got to get some music. (laughs) We got to get like. (laughs) Right? Maybe do a little hip hop. (laughs) The hip hop brainiacs. Okay, please stop smiling. That is not what we are doing. Cut. Cut. We'll see you guys next episode. Bye.